Rank Draft Trade. Welcome back to the Rank Draft Trade podcast. I'm your hostess, Gina Noble. You can find me on Twitter at NobleG underscore FF. I'm going to introduce you to our three fantasy brains. We've got Mike at Papa Bear Claw on Twitter. Say hi to your fans, friends, and anything in between. Hello. We've got Henry St. Clair at Clairvoyance FF on Twitter. Henry, say hello. Hello. <laughs> and we have, last but not least, Mr. Nick James at Iowa in the NFL on Twitter. Say hello to your fans and friends. Hello, hello, and welcome back, the Queen. Thank you. Am I your friend this time? <laughs> <laughs> we're working on it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we're still friends. We're only one week into the season. We're still friends. <laughs> as long as Amon Ra is blowing up, we're still friends. Just friends. I feel so good. <laughs> we'll get into this, but man, I feel good about Amon Ra. I'm like, I mean, I'm not gloating or anything, but I'm gloating. <laughs> yep. All right. So as just mentioned, we are officially week one behind us in our NFL games. And we're about to get into our emotions and our feelings about what on earth happened in week one with players concerning overreaction, underreaction, correct reaction, you name it. We're talking about it today. Hold on, you guys. Let me let the dog out. She's like, oh, thank you. Get out of here. Who let the dog out? Who let the dog out? <laughs> Who? Anybody? Craig. <laughs> I, yeah. Kurtman. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> You're right, Mike. Yeah, he, he's looking at me, too, like, what is happening in here? <laughs> All right, let's get into our feelings, boys. I know it's hard for guys sometimes to get into their feelings, but I'm pulling it out of you today. That sounded terrible. <laughs> God! <laughs> Cut. Canceled. Fired. <laughs> The trifecta. All of the above. <laughs> Just get rid of me. <laughs> All right, let's start with, uh, are we doing broken news? Yes, Henry. Okay. Yes. Cue broken news, Henry. Oh, yeah, uh, broken news from last week. <laughs> well, right. it's, it, it's, you know, it's six days, five days ago. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> It was last week. Yes, sure. So many days ago. So, of course, first and foremost, we've got Dak with a injured hand. Has to have surgery. How many weeks are we looking at? Are they speculating that Dak is going to be out again? <laughs> a minimum of four? At least four. Yeah. Up to eight. Four weeks? Is Dak ever going to play football again? Because I feel like we just, like, this is deja vu. <laughs> we get deja vu to week five of two years ago against the Giants. <sighs> yeah, frustrating. But Dak, we wish you well. Sorry, we don't mean to make uh, light of your hand injury. We hope that it is better than ever. You come back with the bionic arm. Yes, Dak, right, we love Elijah, you. We love you, Dak. <laughs> we, I'm, tr I'm maybe sending good vibes into the universe because I have a few shares of Dak that are really killing me right now. Yeah. Um, but we do have to remember these guys are human. <laughs> it's worth noting that the Cowboys bye week is week nine, and it sure sounds like they're at least testing the waters on available quarterbacks. So even if Jerry Jones optimistic four weeks when initially it sounded like a month a half whatever the case the emotion is sad because i definitely have some deck out there um so are we thinking possibility of garoppolo it is one of them it has to be cam no mike <laughs> shut it right now we will 
fight. I can't. Can. I do want to say that this isn't exactly how I pictured swapping Lance and Dak in my rankings. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that uh, helps for sure. But this definitely does help. I mean, if, if he's out closer to eight weeks, he's got to be closer to the value of Watson at this point, and he still hasn't gone all the way up yet. Yeah, Watson's got an 11-week injury. Yeah. I missed the that's what she said moment. <laughs> Never mind. We shouldn't do those with, with Watson. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that wasn't the moment. <laughs> it was yeah. something about hadn't gotten all the way up yet. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> That's what a lot of she's said. Yeah. <laughs> and we've just been officially canceled. <laughs> no, that's going in. <laughs> this is the last episode of Frank Draft. <laughs> we appreciate the 21 weeks we've spent with you and we've been canceled. <laughs> All right, we've got quite a few players on the Cowboys that are going to be heavily affected, obviously, by Dak's injuries. Do we want to get into specific players at all? Well, Lamb sure had a rough go of it to start. Very sheepish. Maybe a Lamb, but he got the lion's share of the targets and will continue to do so. Yeah, how valuable are those targets going to be if Cooper rushes throwing the ball, though? I don't know. About as valuable as DK Metcalf with Geno Smith. I don't know. I think there's a big difference in quarterback there. Wait, and who is Dak's backup? Cooper Rush. Yeah. Which, it would be a fantastic running back name, I'd like to say. Oh, yeah. Great name. Like, or a wide receiver, like a Amari. Yeah, yeah anything except but, the pocket quarterback that he is. <laughs> Who is this yeah. guy? I've never even heard of him. Where did he come from? He's the guy He's the guy that put Mike White on the Jets. He beat Mike White out in camp pretty much every year for three years until Mike White like retired from football and then came back to the Jets. So if people think Mike White was good, then Cooper Rush has a chance to be okay. Hey, he was better than Zach Wilson for at least like five days last and year. And how tall is he? Not 5'9". I think he's like 6'2". Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, these quarterbacks are all above the th- the Henry threshold. <laughs> yeah. You can't... You know all these things. I do not know Cooper Rush's height off the top of my head. <laughs> oh, we, we caught Henry. He usually has all these statistics. I figured he'd be able to tell us height and weight. 6'3". Uh, Bummer. Ooh. All right, you were pretty close. <laughs> I mean, they're all good. like 6'3". Right. Yeah. So we've got Cooper Rush coming in for Dak. This is going to be interesting. So are we picking him up on the waiver wire? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. How good did the offense look with Dak is the question. Really bad. <laughs> so the argument is why would they trade for Garoppolo if he's obviously a downgrade from Dak? Like the offense might just kind of suck with whoever at quarterback until they get Gallup back. Is trading away an asset for Garoppolo worth it? I mean, it's not much of an asset. They probably have to trade for somebody like Garoppolo. I mean, they could sign a free agent and give them a shot. It'll be a third. They're going to have to get at least a value of a third. Otherwise, they're going to keep him and let him walk and get a third. Yep, exactly. That's what I'm saying. I don't think they're letting Garoppolo just walk. Like, they're definitely not. Mm-hmm. So, I don't think... has to be paid for. The Cowboys are getting da- or Garoppolo. I hope so, though. Yeah, I mean, the hope is there. Yeah, <laughs> they've got Garoppolo on a couple of bench. Would would like Lance mm-hmm. to not get benched for Garoppolo. All right, so Dak, move on from Dak. Yes. Yep. More b- 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 broken news. Dak to the news. Let's. <laughs> Henry with the puns. We'll be Dak soon. <laughs> Hold on. Let's rein this back in. Yeah. Get it? Because oh his my name gosh. is Dakota Rain Prescott. No. Okay. What is his name? 
Dakota Rain Prescott. Or it's like Rain Dakota, oh, no. isn't that his middle name? And then Rain Dakota. Yeah, but n- nobody except for you knows that, Henry. So it was like funny, but nobody. Everybody knows that. That's always on like Sunday Night Football, Monday Night Football. Really? I've never heard his full name. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Fitzpatrick went to Harvard <laughs> and Brady was a six round pick. <laughs> um, I definitely know about Fitzpatrick going to Harvard, but. Did you know Jimmy Graham played basketball? Did you know Antonio Gates played <laughs> yeah, basketball? Yeah, Antonio Gates played basketball. <laughs> 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 All right, let's move into Elijah Mitchell. Uh, Elijah Mitchell got placed on the IR today for his knee. MCL. MCL sprain. Yeah, McLaurin bah, sprain. Bah, bah. Yep. Um, that's a bummer. Same injury Zeke had, I believe. Exact same injury. So how? what are we looking at? This isn't necessarily, this isn't going to be season ending, but we're looking at at least two months. Yeah, that, that's, that's yeah. a long time. That is a long time. Mm-hmm. Six weeks is what I heard. Yeah. I heard eight, but six also be nice. Yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah, I, two months roughly. So back by playoffs, hopefully. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, back by end of season. Oh, our playoffs, yeah. I wouldn't expect him to be the same player coming off of it this year. It's going to be really scary. It's a weird lingering injury. But hey. TDP might be active for a change. That'd be nice. Yep. TDP and a bunch of other rookies that were drafted in rookie drafts were healthy scratches for week one. And then guys that weren't drafted, like Jordan Mason, is active, even though he really didn't do anything. But yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be outside of the realm of possibility for the 49ers to activate someone who wasn't active last week and have them lead the backfield and carries this week. Yep. That kind of thing happens. It's kind of like a New England backfield. So it could be TDP season. It could be uh, Mason but Mason laid a brick last week, so we'll see what he does this coming week. Either way you look at it, I'm just probably not really in on Jeff Wilson because he's no. probably going to get hurt. Can't stay on the field. He's going to be the hot ad, though, yeah. Mm-hmm. The hot pickup, and we totally just gloss over him because it's like, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's obviously the hot pickup. He's probably going to be the starter for as long as he's going to be able to play, but I'm going to probably just target TDP and Mason wherever they're available. Jalen Tolbert was also a healthy scratch, and Noah Brown came in. He was the one who got the starting spot. I saw you combing leagues, scooping up Noah uh, Brown. Did you see that? I never, mm-hmm. I was like, mm, excuse me <laughs> while I actually play the waiver wire for once. <laughs> so gross. Usually, you but... guys are like savages with the waiver wire, and I just mm-hmm. don't always get on there in time. And I'm like, oh my God, literally, you take everything. There was a report a couple <laughs> a couple days before Sunday that Tolbert might be a healthy scratch and isn't progressing as quickly as he'd like. And lo and behold, Sunday, Tolbert, healthy scratch, which just is almost baffling to me when it's like you've got some guy with the last name Houston I've never heard of before, a uh, kick returner. Noah Brown, and then Lamb. And that's what you're going to roll with. And you're not going to give this guy you just drafted and gave decent draft capital to a run. Maybe he's just not ready yet. Maybe it's a steep learning curve from South Alabama. But Undrafted rookie Dennis Houston would be the ad over Noah Brown just because it's dynasty. And it's if someone is somehow going to develop into anything, it'd be the younger guy. But they're not good. Yeah, in dynasty, I know I'd rather pick up James Washington. Yeah. Gallup. Yeah, well, Gallup's rostered, but James yeah. Washington might be out there. Whatever it is, it's going to be a temporary. Maybe you can get away with a quick fill-in, but it's not like bye weeks are happening right now. Not super interested in either one. Okay, we've got Keenan Allen um, suffered a hamstring injury, but reports are looking like he may have not done anything too severe. Yeah, he's out this week. They play Thursday. Yeah. Okay, but not long. We're not looking at no. probably a long-term issue. No. All right. 
Hopefully Mike Williams shows up this time. Yeah, maybe not lingering. Yeah, Julio's the hamstring king. When that starts to happen at age 30, like Keenan Allen, mm-hmm. that's going to be bothersome for as long as he plays. It's going to be like, oh, Keenan Allen went out there and played a quarter and a half and re-aggravated his hamstring. Yep, and then then aggravated something else because he was avoiding doing something with the hamstring. And when, when you're 30, those things don't heal as well, and they're really easy to re-aggravate. Mm-hmm. Hamstrings are tough anyway. Yeah, Yeah, it's just not something great to be happening to a wide receiver that you'd be looking to start every week at 30 years old. Yeah, yeah, especially when you have him because this is your last season, you're going to be able to use him or you know the time is coming soon where he's going to fall off the face of the earth. Did you see Julio Jones? I mean, that guy is like 50 out there catching long, deep Mm. passes. I actually saw saw a report about Julio that uh, he was the fastest player at the Bucks camp. I'd believe it. Yeah, he recorded his fastest time he'd ever recorded in his career. Changed diets and changed workout plans. He's on the DB12 method, like actually, not even a joke. I think he could elongate his career a year, maybe. Yeah. So in two years, Keenan Allen just needs to find Brady, and then he can have a career resurgence. Yeah, link up with Brady in Miami. Or, uh, <laughs> probably not Miami, probably like Las Vegas or something. Like reverse aging. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Vegetables, crazy. Yeah. I wouldn't know anything That's about absolutely it. Absolutely insane. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Who would have thought? Brussels sprouts and peas. <laughs> yeah. Kids, eat your vegetables. Yeah. Wait until you're 33 and then start eating your vegetables. <laughs> don't eat bread. Okay. Don't eat bread. Don't eat cheese. There you go. Eat vegetables. Could you imagine a healthy diet? Let's talk about uh, Big Macs. While we're at it, we got Mac and Jones. Speaking of healthy food, <laughs> what was the report on his back injury? What did he have? What what did he actually do? He has back spasms. It sounds like oh. so he's suffering from X-rays negative. Yeah, so it sounds like they're hopeful he's suiting up for week two. Um, but apparently he was having back spasms, which can be nasty. Those things are no joke. So maybe he needs to drink a little more water. Maybe he was dehydrated. <laughs> I would have assumed they'd be fun. Mac, give me a call. <laughs> Might get zapped here in a week or two. Ooh, zappy. That, that's not a good one. Listen to Henry. Yeah, Bailey Zab. <laughs> I'm not giving you that one. No, Henry. Mm-mm. But I knew where you were going with that. Okay, Bailey Zap is Kellen Moore, which people probably most know for being an offensive coordinator for the Cowboys. But he's like the weird college that you've never heard of that's like a lower level FBS school and then just sets every passing record in the books. So he can go out there and sling it, which I don't know that the Patriots want to do. But sling it sounds like a good time. Um, Godwin hamstring comes back. You think they he re injured himself? Was that what he was suffering with before? Was the hamstring? So it's the same injury, ACL. Oh, no, but generally, the year after you have ACL injuries, you're more susceptible to like hamstring and that type of thing. Uh. Compensation in the lower body, compounding lower body issues. He looked good before Dang the injury, it. though. Yeah, yeah, he did look yeah. decent. I mean, the first play of the game, I feel like they just kind of like threw the ball to him to kind of get him moving so he can kind of get a play in there. It was like a screen or something, if I remember correctly. Yeah, something short. And he, and he caught a pass not not long after that. I have a decent chunk of Godwin. I probably had him overrated a couple years ago when yes, he was snapping did, off. Yes, you did, because I have a lot of Godwin too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was really upset when they're like, he's going to play. I'm like, why? Why? Yeah. Too soon. Why? You got Gage, you went yeah. out and got Julio, you still have Mike Evans, you've got Darn. a handful of tight ends 
and you're not even going to make Kyle Rudolph active, but you're going to make Godwin active and yeah. go out there and risk this guy like that you just paid. Like, why don't you just let him come back? I agree. Yeah, if he's I good agree. to go, he's good to go, but obviously it did not work out. Mm-hmm. Clearly he wasn't. Yeah, apparently. <sighs> And it sounds like it should probably be just a couple of weeks. But if they're smart, maybe they sit on that a little extra time. I, yeah, they should probably just see how things go. They have a ton go. of weapons. Yeah, if you roster Mike Evans, you're probably optimistic for that outcome. <laughs> I do, and I am. <laughs> Let me tell you, my Scott Fishbowl team, I was like, oh, Lord. Yeah, sorry about your acres. Yeah, acres, acres with the goose. Oh, my God, we'll get into that. I'm still trying to recover, and I'm not overreacting. I'm let's do that. Devastated. Let's get into that. All right, let's get into our feelings. Listen, we are <laughs> channeling our emotions. Let's talk about overreactions, underreactions, and the perfect reaction. Let's get into it with Cam Acres. I literally was <laughs> beside myself, like figuratively, breathing into a paper bag, <laughs> figuratively, but literally freaking out. I mean, freaking out. I'm like, no, he's supposed to be good. I've told everybody he's going to be great and he's doing nothing. The first play of the game, I I was like, whoa, that doesn't say Acres. (laughs) What is happening? Anyway, what's everybody's reaction on Acres? Because I feel like you guys were Acres truthers. I know Nick was an Acres truther. We all were. Yeah, originally not an Acres lover. Well, Daryl Henderson, you know, and Acres had like similar stats. They're like, and then Acres obviously became lead dog, and Henderson was in the doghouse. Different type of dog. But then Acres tears his Achilles. Then he comes back, and I think Henderson was hurt in the playoffs, so then it was Acres again. And then Acres has the offseason. He has a couple dings in the offseason. And then it's Daryl Henderson, and here we are. I mean, some of my thoughts, I mean, after watching the game, obviously, I was extremely disappointed not seeing a lot of Acres. A couple of notes, the, the couple of drives that Acres was involved with and didn't really go anywhere so it seemed like maybe they were maybe planning different drives on uh, game plans and personnel it was still really disappointing not seeing him on the field optimistic for a week maybe a different game plan week two I I sincerely doubt that the Rams after winning the Super Bowl were gonna go into the season with just acres as their RB2 RB1 and not thinking he's gonna be able to be a a good player on the field and run with Daryl Henderson who was hurt all of last year they could have signed so many different people and they didn't they they just have them and Kyron Williams who's hurt but I have a rather longer take Kyron Williams is a good point because he he went to IR they haven't liked Daryl Henderson since the moment they've actually had him that's why they went and spent a second round pick on acres it has been back and forth but neither one has been one that's been particularly healthy be it the ribs for acres early in the season and then Henderson is dealing with something similar so it's been back and forth they've done things to try to put a third one there the plan was I think Kyron Williams this year but that didn't happen so I I really actually wouldn't be surprised if they potentially signed a vet. There's been rumors of various trades to them, but both Akers and Henderson had some injury thing news bits here in the offseason, and then when it gets to week one, Henderson's out there. It might have still been something lingering with
with Akers. Akers didn't put up any points, which is super concerning, but he did this by like catching a pass while behind the line of scrimmage and then fighting 10 yards to get back to the line of scrimmage. And then he's in on short yardage scenarios where they've stacked the box and they're just running it up the middle. The production is somewhat explainable. On a rollout, he blocked really well to allow Stafford, but then on another play, he allows Stafford to be blasted on what looked like should have been like a chip and a screen potentially, or uh, at least a blocking assignment missed and then didn't play. The various quotes saying that, you know, Akers has to capitalize his opportunities. It's because he didn't capitalize on a couple of them. And when you're not there at practice, whether you are still hindered by injury or not, you weren't even, you haven't been there. I think it could be just a week one under preparation overreaction. I think it still could be just fine for Akers. I would probably be a little more worried about the distribution if Kyron was still there, but I'm not super excited about going out and trying to acquire more Akers just because of the sunk cost fallacy. He's worth more because I paid more for him, but at the same time, I'm not trying to get out from under him because I think his perception is going to fall farther than probably what will end up being reality by the end of the season. Um, Speaking of Stafford, real quick, any concerns? I know he's had a lingering elbow issue after watching him in game one. Are you concerned that that could be more of an issue than he's leading on to be? Remember when you got Cup super late in that draft? You were talking about a few episodes ago. Right. He wasn't concerned with Stafford's injury. <laughs> yeah, true. Very true. Uh, they just got outplayed uh, uh, just across the board by the Bills week one, and it's tough to be fighting from that far down and to just get beat that badly each quarter. You know, you start to play, you know, try to play from behind and, and try to catch up, and, you know, then the run game kind of goes out the window a little bit, and then you're trying to force balls, and you're just throwing up the Cooper Cup. The rest of the offense, it just doesn't work out well when you're when you're playing from behind like that. Higby ran, like, more routes than just about any tight end, or one of, one of the highest route participations of tight ends in week one. Just every a lot of what happened in this game just seems like this isn't how this is going to look all year. This is not how it's going to go. It's It's got to change. There's no way Allen Robinson is going to be out there on almost all the plays and only get a handful of targets. It's going to change. There's no way that this is like you can just extrapolate this over 17 weeks and call that what the season's going to be. What are you grinning for, Noble? She's happy. Oh, did she freeze? It's frozen. I was like, is she laughing at the Rams takes? Shut up. I know Akers sucked. Oh, no. She's gone. <laughs> to clarify on the Akers quote about going to have to maximize when he's on the field, McVay was asked about his running backs as a whole, and he said the running backs are going to have to maximize. It wasn't like he singled out Akers when he said that. So that does lead more to the belief that maybe he was just still dinged up where it wasn't like, yeah, you know, when Akers is out there, he's going to have to maximize. It was like our running backs are going to have to maximize. An underappreciated point that I forgot to make was that Daryl Henderson was sucking as a running back through the first half and into the third quarter. And then he broke off the long run where it's like, okay, that wasn't a bad play. But until that point, he was sub two yards a carry. He was not doing well either. Like he did get some catches. Yeah, that was always the Miles Sanders argument too, right? It was like, well, if you take out the 80-yard run, he averaged one and a half yards a carry. There was no 80-yard run. Sure. They were 
they're both just sure obviously nobody was really doing a lot there would be at the offensive line the defensive line the player daryl henderson didn't blow anyone's socks off it's just that acres under impressed so much that people like daryl henderson uh, a little more than what he's probably worth at the moment i would believe i know you said you're not actively acquiring any more acres but i mean his price to a lot of people has dropped like a second round pick they're just i would do that yeah that's what i'm saying like I, i'm still looking for acres if i'm if i'm really get a good value on him I, i'll add i'll double down i'm not paying anything i'm not like going out and paying like where i had him in the preseason but i definitely dinged him a little bit because i am nervous but not a lot this gives me more pause than it did when it came time to buy gibson right before week one like that all right we haven't even seen anything and the values flipped mm. this could be something that flips right back and that's probably one of my biggest overreactions of what we saw in week one is that Gibson is that dude. I get it. Brian Robinson coming back eventually. Who knows what's going to happen? Just Dust McKissick yep. has been replaced by Curtis Samuel in that offense. And Gibson's still getting some catches too. Gibson was involved in the pass game. That was fantastic to see. Yeah. I mean, for goodness sake, when he got drafted, I don't know how many people actually watched the draft or whatever. They said wide receiver Memphis. And then they go clarification running back. He had seven collegiate carries. People go, oh, well, he led the league in fumbles. He's going to get benched for Brian Robinson. I'm like, he's playing a position that he's not supposed to. He's the most underappreciated running back. Him and Zeke are the two most underappreciated running backs. They go out there and rush for a thousand yards and they both suck and no one wants them. And Gibson, again, like if he could get in the receiving game, that's why I've always hoped just Justin McKissick would go away is because Mm -hmm. Gibson is a pass catcher. Get rid of the pass catching running back. Use Gibson in that role. Mm -hmm. Leave him out there in all three downs. I mean, make your offense less predictable. I always thought that was insane, that that the wide receiver wasn't involved in the pass game. So, I think when Brian Robinson comes back, who does it really hurt? Maybe some carries from Gibson, but does this take away any of the carries and snaps out of the backfield that Curtis Samuel's getting right now? When Robinson comes back, probably not. I mean, those plays are specially designed for Samuel, right? He's a guy that Rivera had in Carolina that he went out and got for a reason. So, I'd expect that to be part of their offense. Uh, Dotson and McLaurin kind of scare me more than Gibson because, you know, if they don't catch long touchdowns from Wentz, then they have bad weeks. And Wentz, I love Wentz, but he's not going to throw for four touchdowns every week. Not every receiver is going to get a receiving touchdown from Wentz every week. So, you know, you're going to have some games where it's Dotson or it's Samuel, maybe less of those, definitely less of those, but you're going to get, you know, Dotson or McLaurin weeks. But I think Gibson is going to have a role and I think Robinson when he comes back is obviously going to be eased into things and maybe eventually get goal line or something. It might have been Wentz's longest play of the day was his deep pass to McLaurin for a touchdown. Yep. Coming into this game, if you're game planning, what are you game planning to take away? Probably McLaurin before you see anything from like Dotson yep. and Curtis Samuel in a new role, healthy. So maybe game plans change after this week. Maybe McLaurin was more of a focus. We talked about how McLaurin has maybe his best quarterback. Definitely. I think Wentz might have his best wide receiver group. Best group of pass catchers he's ever had. Best group. You include tight ends and the running backs and Curtis Samuel. There were a couple years in there in Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. 
in Philadelphia where it was like Jackson and Jeffrey at the ends and then Ertz at his prime was pretty good, but definitely better than what he had in Indy last year with just Pittman. Who did well. And no tight end. Definitely better than Indy. Speaking of Wentz and Indy, man, the amount of people that were like slam dunk fixed. We got rid of Wentz and got Ryan. That team is unstoppable. <laughs> is Ryan really better than Wentz? No. I mean, they're, they're like, like the same quarterback. They are, they are <laughs> the same quarterback. Give them weapons. They both had one MVP caliber yeah. season and basically took a team to one Super Bowl. Like They're both good quarterbacks. If anything, Wentz is probably a slightly better quarterback, at least for fantasy, because he can move a little oh, more. definitely. That, that's definitely about it. Fantasy. It's actually it's actually insane. We're going to be at the end of 2022, and they're going to trade Matt Ryan for a seventh-round pick because it was his fault that they didn't make the playoffs and, and or something. And Tannehill or and, something. Yeah, and, and get Tannehill when Tannehill's done at the end of the year. And, you know, oh, this is our guy. It's like, what are we doing here? We, we, tr- we traded from one thing to do the exact same other thing. And at least they got Paris Campbell. Like, I, I don't know. Pierce dropped two touchdowns on his only two targets. That was painful, especially the first one. It was a Watson-esque drop. It was like all alone, ball hits you in the hands, and no. So maybe some rookie jitters. At least they were active and yeah. getting a high snap share, unlike a lot of other receivers. I mean, like a lot of like the week one stuff, especially the rookies, I'm looking for involvement. I mean, no, we're not into Tennessee yet, but the involvement in their two rookies at wide receiver, that was really mm. encouraging. Just seeing them kind of be like a focal point of that offense in the passing game. But, you know, that was good to see. Those, you know, that, that got me excited about those two players. And then seeing other players not do well, well, you know what? At least they were involved. But if, if you only got two targets, that's a little, you know, discouraging. And you dropped them. Some of them, I'm just happy you were active. And even if, like, with, like, Jalen Tolbert and Pierre Strong, who were healthy scratches, I'm not necessarily dropping them at this point. But if you were active, maybe that's a little bit of a plus. And then if you were also involved and active, that can be a big plus. But patience with the rookie wide receivers. Jefferson dropped it 40% of his value for a few weeks and came right back. Oh, wow. You're back. We lost Noble there for a second, but she's back now. Yes, the queen has returned unlike real life. Don't expect that anytime soon. Aww. Out indefinitely, I think some say. <laughs> Henry, you're out indefinitely. <laughs> and what are we talking about with ETN? Did he have a good game? He had an okay game. Could have been better. Should have been better, really. Biggest takeaway is James Robinson is the analogy for Acres, not Mac. Yeah, right. Is like you hope that it's proof that an Achilles is not a death sentence. He's really the first running back ever to come back from an Achilles and look okay. It's a small sample with the running backs, and it's like not all things are equal there. There's tons of other positions that have come back. Everyone's favorite thing with the running backs, but it's like 10 years ago is different than nowadays. Nowadays, you have stem cells. Nowadays, Julio can come back at 32 after years of hamstrings and be faster than he's ever been in his life. How did that happen? (laughs) Yeah. He was pretty magnificent. That's a real interesting thing in the world of sports, but from what I know, pretty much everyone is on steroids. It's just like they take low-dose cycles, they take testosterone replacement therapy, they do all the PRP, the platelet-rich plasma. Like, there's so many new, like, cutting-edge things that, like I was saying, like, in stem cells and stuff like that, where it's, it's like, basically, like, cheating, but it's legal. Legal. Yeah, it's like legal, <laughs> legal cheating. cheating. So, guys 
guys can get healthy again a lot quicker. It's not like you weren't allowed to do things that make you better, like, mm-hmm. you know, drink water. Yeah. It was just things that <laughs> negatively impact your health overall that you use to gain the advantage that are illegal. And if these other things aren't hurting you, I mean, that's just part of prep, I suppose. But definitely an interesting topic. Okay. We want to go rapid fire RB here. Barkley, Clyde, Jacksonville. All right, guys, let's go rapid fire. I like your idea, Henry, on running backs. So we've got Barkley, who I know Mike is gloating over because <laughs> Mike and Henry. Fan club. Yes, the quads fan club. I here. have to say Mike is probably the biggest Barkley fan. We got CEH, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, or Claire Hilaire in my world forever. I can't get it out of my head. I'm not that small. <laughs> Jacksonville's running back, Travis Etienne, which Jacksonville, oh, bless their heart. We say in the South, bless their hearts. Mm-hmm. It was ugly. Overreaction, appropriate reaction. Obviously, we people were dogging Barkley. Oh, he'll never come back and be the same. He killed it. CH was a huge shock to me. I, I was avoiding him like the plague, and I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have. And Etienne, I think, had the highest. I think he was going higher than the other two, and he didn't do much. So thoughts on those guys? That was that's a that's a great combo of running backs there. I'll, I'll start with Barkley real quick. I mean, I was I, I was excited about the value of Barkley in like the fifth round all off season. I thought that he had RB one overall potential. I think when healthy, he can be the best running back in the NFL talent wise. And week one, we got a, a glimpse of that. You know, the first half that team got really beat up on the offensive line, and Barkley was making plays and things that Barkley didn't really do in the past. He wasn't fighting for those extra yards when going up the middle and like in those short situations and he was doing that this week that was great to see plus the big runs really excited for Barkley you know things can still happen so I'm not going to get over excited and overreact to it but I I think he's definitely moved up in the ranks at least to where CMC at least was. Clyde also was a value for me in the offseason I reading reports about the gold platter thing early last year being underweight very excited to see him actually do well in his first week but again this is week one that's not going to happen every week but it is seeing that opportunity and seeing him being the guy there when even in the playoffs, it looked like they were trying to put pretty much anyone else on the field besides him. So that that was definitely nice to see. ETN? And ETN was a little disappointing, and it could have been a lot better, though. I mean, he had the overthrown touchdown. He had the drop, the, the dropped one as well. As far as Jacksonville running backs, uh, biggest glimmer of hope I got was James Robinson coming off an ACL. I mean, an Achilles, Achilles like Akers, and just you know putting up points and making plays. And he wasn't the fastest of guys. If I were to, you know, if you were to ask me in the offseason if it was going to be Akers or James Robinson recovering from that, I would have said Akers. But seeing James, Robin, James Robinson get out there and make plays definitely gives me a lot more hope for Akers going into week two. I want to stay with these three, but real quick, because you talked about the drop pass, <laughs> James Cook, just real quick. The one play and the fumble. God, my heart hurt for him, but my heart hurt for everybody who drafted him. Just real quick thoughts on James Cook. I know he's not necessarily in our show sheet, but popped into my head. As far as James Cook, this is a rookie in a backfield. It was Zach Moss. It was more surprising than anything that he was as involved as he was. You know, you're still waiting for James Cook to flash. I don't think either one of them are superior talents. So if James Cook is actually good, it's uh, something where, you know, you're just waiting. A rookie fumbles in his first game. You just don't play in the rest of the game. It is what it is. It doesn't mean he's any worse, I don't think. Yeah, you know who fumbled on their first NFL carry that comes to mind? First game of the year, 
2017. It was a Thursday night game to kick off the year. Defending Super Bowl champs, Patriots versus the Chiefs. Kareem Hunt, first play, fumble. Ran for like 27 carries, 180 yards that game. Unfortunately, James Cook does not have the backfield to himself like Hunt did, but James Cook is going to be fine. It's just Devin Singletary's year there, probably. Except he's just not that good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's definitely not. And then Zach Moss was like a rumored cut for a while, and then he comes out and is involved. I would expect, you know, James Cook to be brought along kind of slowly, like every other rookie. I did watch the Chiefs game, and it was a conglomeration of just a thrashing of the Cardinals without J.J. Watt, without Hopkins, without, you know, a lot of players. And when the offense, when the starting offense is out on the field, it was Clyde. It was Clyde's show. It was no split. It was no, like, you know, you're the receiving back, you're this, that. It was it was his show. And then it was Jared McKinnon, and then it was Pacheco. But yeah, he was very efficient on the work he got. He didn't play a ton because they didn't need to play them a ton. And then I'll let uh, Nick kind of talk about the Jags a little bit if he wants. I think you actually watched that game. Oh, I will touch on the Wentz pick. I mean, the Wentz, like, screen pick. Just vintage Carson Wentz moment. Total vintage. Like, yo, you're having a good game. Oh, and you, you make that play. Of course. Bonehead. Of course you do. <laughs> of course you make that play. For as good as he looked outside of that play, it's it's one play a game. You could be assured that he's going to do something. Starting with Wentz there, I watched that game too, and he was doing well, and all of his passes were under 10 yards. And then he tried to throw beyond the sticks, and it was a pick. And then he threw between his tackles, and it's a pick. To I don't even know if it was a defensive lineman, but it was in that yeah. area. I was thinking, watch, and I was like, man, he he's just not throwing well past the sticks and then he lobs a bomb to McLaurin. Yeah. And it worked out. But, you no, know, maybe that's shades of worry for any player that depends on a lot of long routes. Uh, Wentz, more positive surprise than than anything there. As far as the Jags' backfield, I think, man, Trevor Lawrence did not look very good. Any pass that involved any kind of touch was just, like, not close. He's never had touch dating back to his college. That was, like, my knock on him. Why I was like, Zach Wilson, to me, is the most complete quarterback in the class which i know boo hiss um but it, it was like you know a bunch of rpos very collegey offense it was like get ready throw the ball as hard as you can and you're gonna hit in this 10 yard out route if if it's like an over the shoulder like touch pass he's got a little work to do there mike touched on it there that you know etn involved in the pass game overthrown and then dropped an easy walk-in touchdown really did seem like he's the pass catching back and james robinson is getting all the handoffs for runs between the tackles or or at least that's, you know, how it played out here in this first game. Uh, we'll see how that evolves. You would kind of hope maybe ETN gets some kind of like a huge bulky load. But, I mean, this really just caters to ETN's strength. Mm-hmm. His strength is in the receiving game, and that's how they were using him. So he's typically not running routes that require a long throw, and he was open, wide open, and drastically overthrown on not that long of a pass from Lawrence. But not worried about ETN not, like, moving him based on anything that happened. Uh, James Robinson, where? I had been basically avoiding him. I can bump him up to closer to where consensus has had him. Barkley or CMC? Who you got? Barkley. Dynasty, rest of season, career, value for your team. Same as I had him a year ago over uh, over CMC. I heard someone say the uh, that he's like lost a step or something. Man, if you watch that long run, Kevin Bayard was playing 
five yards deep as the deep like single high safety he had like an angle on him it was barkley is not getting caught from behind and then also in the rb discussion it looks like aj dylan greater than sign aaron jones like even in redraft like this year it's happening now aj dylan is the goal back. aj dylan is a pass catcher despite his size mm-hmm. they're both gonna get work and they're both gonna have good weeks but if you made me pick it's aj dylan so before we get into too much i want to discuss the packers as a whole because we've got instead of panic at the disco we're panic in green bay panic at lambo obviously panic and lambo panic in the lambo uh obviously overreaction because if we think back to exactly a year ago we all had the same panic stricken feelings about green bay aaron Rodgers needed to retire aaron Rodgers was the worst quarterback like it's deja vu all over again in green bay so here we go a year later so you mentioned aj dillon we got aaron jones who honestly I grabbed as often as possible because I really feel like he's going to be a go-to for Aaron Rodgers this year. We've got Christian Watson who came in, obviously no preseason for him for because of injury. Romeo Dubs was the guy who everybody was scooping up. We lost Devontae Adams if I had to listen to that one more time while they were talking about the Green Bay game. I was like, all right, we got it. Adams is gone. You didn't know he was true to the Raiders? Yeah, like, no, if you didn't know that, which you were living under a rock, you definitely knew that after the game because it's all they talked about. I needed to be reminded. So we got a lot lot going on in Green Bay. So how, are we panicking or are we sitting back and watching it all come together? Rewatching the game, a lot of my buddies liked the Packers and their takeaway was different than mine. It was Christian Watson was used a lot like Lazard. And I saw it to an extent. When they were on the goal line there was a play where they motioned Watson from out wide. Watson was in in the red zone on every play. I think he had like a a 66% snap count but 100% in the red zone. And they motioned him in from the right side to the tight end spot on the left side and man he laid a linebacker out on that AJ Dillon touchdown. So if that's not going to earn him brownie points I don't know what does. Obviously if he has that long 75 yard touchdown where he was wide open. I mean he ran a double move on Patrick Peterson and was open. He has a 20 point week. Unfortunately obviously we all know that he dropped it and that's gonna make him not be beloved by Rodgers their best three wide receivers on the field are gonna be Lazard Watson and Dubs without question Dubs in the slot and Lazard and Watson outside how quickly Watson can fix his drops apparently that that's been a problem it was a problem in college um you know if he can fix those he's gonna be awesome the Packers looked really better than people thought right last year like you said we had the same thing I disagree because Rodgers looked bad last year this year he looked really good um, he was under pressure all day by Zadarius Smith up the middle. They're missing their starting left and right tackles as well. So when mm-hmm. I tell you he had no time to throw and no one got open, I mean it. And then they got stopped on the goal line on where A.J. Dillon almost got in on third and goal and then got stuffed on fourth and goal. That game looks a lot different if they score those two touchdowns. I know if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. Oh, my word. <laughs> Amazing, could not be a tagline. <laughs> but there, there are going to be brighter days in Green Bay. Henry, Henry quotes his grandfather, and you think he's so great. <laughs> my strange father, but here we are. Oh. <laughs> I, I totally guessed. Yeah, so. another quote was, "Nothing's ever closed and nothing's ever empty." He would yell that every time anyone spilled something as a four-year-old. 
Did he also say sometimes early, never wrong? No, that's my buddy Pat. My buddy Pat always says he's like, you know, sometimes it might be a little early, it might sound a little squirrely, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm never wrong. <laughs> I want to hit up two more before we have to get out of here, and that's Baker in one and Amon in the other. <laughs> Noble, take it away. <laughs> Avi? I like that one a lot. What did I say? I missed the joke. The way you said Baker and Amon Ra, it sounded like Baker in one arm and Amon on the other. <laughs> That's the way it sounded. It was really good. That would be amazing, actually. I would love to have Baker on one arm and Amon Ra on the other. Yeah. I would be in a very happy place. Mm-hmm. All right, we got Baker was named starting quarterback, obviously started for Carolina. Ugh. How are we feeling about Baker in Carolina? How are our emotions let's get into our feelings about baker feelings he looked awful <laughs> surprisingly good yeah wait you liked him yeah Henry? i did oh okay because mike hates him he, he didn't get like the full off season at all and so the first half looked really like scary and then it got better obviously I had a good connection with robbie anderson for a deep touchdown they kind of settled in and they had that drive that looked like it was the game-winning drive with like a minute left did everything right and then there were a few weird calls at the end of the game the roughing the pass I know I know a lot of Panthers fans are out there like the roughing the passer call was awful I don't know there was also a, a really bad hit on a receiver that play and then the the fake spike and then the guy drills a 57 yard field goal so I think if they win that game again I know if is a bad word especially in football but feeling a lot different if they're 1-0 instead of 0-1 about Baker's performance he was okay for fantasy and I think he ran the offense um, that wasn't emotion before we move on <laughs> listen I do want to mention uh, you mentioned or I want to talk about Robbie and Anderson because Robbie Anderson came up as a overvalued player in the last pod. Over rostered. Mm -hmm. You and Cartman Craig love Robbie Anderson and he made you guys look really brilliant because he was getting all the action. So I did I did want to give Robbie a honorable mention because he got dogged on a little bit in the last pod, but Henry is a Robbie Anderson truther. Yeah, he's Christian Watson who caught the 70 yard touchdown is what he was this week <laughs> I'll, I'll let you know how they look next week when i have a nice front row you know front row view of them oh you're gonna see carolina yeah basically a yellow taxi pulled up and looking out of that window is terrace marshall and lavisca <laughs> chenault and they both have really sad faces and then it drove away <laughs> i have a really sad face with my shares of marshall as well with a big fat goose egg baker it's it seemed like whenever you throw short to cmc those those plays went really well and then whenever for whatever reason he looked at Robbie it's like oh here's a dime and then he looks to DJ Moore yeah I can give you a little screen where you're basically doomed from the get go and then every sideline pass is soaring eight feet yeah. over people's heads yeah. it, there were parts where I was like oh man that is that is not a good pro throw but then you know he lays it on a on a dime on a you know a deep I don't know if it was post but a deep route to Robbie Anderson and that makes his day it's going to make him popular, makes him what a lot of people are talking about this week because he had one of those big days, Because basically because he caught that big mm-hmm. catch. And then he did get some short peppered targets too, but it seemed like Baker, for whatever reason, even if Robbie was not excited about trading for Baker, Baker was out there trying to make best friends. Yeah, I'm so sad about Terrace. I have more Terrace shares than 99.9% of people have leaks. <laughs> yep. <laughs> From over-rostered to overvalued for Anderson, definitely an aberration. He was great with Teddy Bridgewater the year before the 
Darnold experience was awful with Darnold as he was in New York. Don't know how that's surprising to anyone. Apparently it was surprising to the Panthers general manager and owner. But yeah, he's definitely the ex. The good news for Marshall, I will say, is when he was at LSU, he would be lined up outside over Jefferson. Not that he was a better player, but Jefferson was better in the slot than him, so that's what they did. So when Robbie Anderson is too old to play after this year, uh, when his contract is up, Terrace should be an outside receiver, and they don't have anyone else. Okay, so we just have to wait. Early, never wrong. Might just have to wait another another year on Terrace. <laughs> hey, we're, just, we're just early on this one. Are you listening? We're not wrong. We're just early. 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 Way early. Early. Just two years early. Yep. So, I, quick question before we get into my favorite subject. The sun comes out, and I get to gloat, at least in week one. I, do you guys think that these NFL teams make a little bit of a mistake not playing their teams in the preseason the way they're going to go into the regular season so that they can get the you know the newness out you got a new quarterback and players and kind of mesh better. I know Green Bay is always putting their rostered players on the bench for um, preseason, and then they come out and they blow up in a bad way in week one. Maybe if they actually played in the preseason, they'd kind of get those, what am I trying to say? Jitters out of the way. (laughs) Right. So do you think it's a mistake to sit back in the preseason? And I know they're trying to save players from injury and whatnot, but do you think it'd be more beneficial to get out there and play in the preseason the way the way you're going to play in the season. Both of Rogers' clavicles don't mind. Yeah, Watson <laughs> was hurt for like the entire preseason. Obviously, they don't look good week one. Watson doesn't really like know the playbook, had no reps with Rogers, and then the Bengals also didn't look awesome and Burrow had his appendix removed. I don't know if it's necessarily like by design that they're not putting them out there or if it's just like get healthy for the season if they don't have a choice. And then to your point though, the team that always does play their starters in the preseason to some extent the Chiefs and they were ready to play yeah it's just something I kind of picked up on and I'm like you know I get it in a sense that you're trying to save your players but then does it ultimately end up hurting you because you've got to take a couple of games into the season to get it all together and work out the kinks all right, let's finish. I'm so glad we're ending on this note because it's near and dear to my heart. We've got Amon Ross St. Brown blowing it up, looking like a million bucks. Speaking of a million bucks, is Amon Ra a sell? Do we go out and pay top dollar or get top dollar for Amon Ra after that game? Who wants to start? Mike. Give me a couple more weeks of him. Let him score some points on my team in my starting spot, and then let me get rid of him before people remember that Jamison Williams is coming back. Oh, you just... <laughs> Problem is, I think they know he's returning, so right now might be the best option for people to forget about Jamison Williams, especially with how the rookie receivers as a whole kind of looked this week. I know a couple guys had okay performances, but, you know, Amon Ra, he's going to have that role regardless. You know, he's going to be the slot guy. The number one is DJ Chark. It's interesting i when i at one point had a discussion about alpha receivers or you know x receivers and often the x receiver will not be the best fantasy player which 
was pretty much Iowa's point and also pretty much my point was like, you know, you look at number one receivers, it's it's Galladay, it's Robbie Anderson, and it's uh, DJ Chark. And you know who's often not good for fantasy? Those players. You know who's often better for fantasy? They're slot receivers, like Amon Ra. If he gets those targets that they're playing from behind, which they figure to be playing from behind a lot, then they're going to have to pass the ball and underneath a lot. Baby Chark did do 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 Had a good week. I had flashbacks to two years ago when Chark caught his touchdown. Like, this is exactly how you use Chark. It is. It, it, go run as fast <laughs> as you can down the field. You're six foot four, 200 pounds. You're a carbon copy of Robbie Anderson. Go do it. Carbon copy? Isn't he bigger? They're both like 6'4", 200, thereabouts. Whoa! I, I, thought, I thought Robbie yeah, was like he, 170. He's on a little bit of weight. He's undersized oh, okay. for sure, but so is Chark. Yeah, this was kind of, this was a good game for Chark. Again, the long touchdown will do it for an X receiver. That's mm-hmm. their weak. Hit or miss. <laughs> That's his thing, though. Yeah. That's his Great thing. Great best ball guy. Great best ball yeah. guy. I'm curious how many weeks they score over 30 points. <laughs> but my biggest Amon Ra take is, dang, DeAndre Swift looked good. <laughs> yeah. was, dang, Jared Goff still sucks. I, you just won't <laughs> give it to me. I would say Amon Ra's a sell, but I'm sure anywhere I have him, Noble's the co-manager, so he's an obvious hold. So <laughs> He's a good... We hold him like Gaskin until he is like mm-hmm. dead and Worthless. buried. <laughs> Yeah, you don't hold people, you cradle them. Oh, yeah. I love them. I get emotionally attached. We're talking about our feelings here, okay? <laughs> it's a lazy comp because they both went to USC and are slot guys, but Juju is Amon Ra in a lot of regards. Like, there was a play, I forget who was commentating the game. I want to say it was Mark Schlereth, former offensive lineman, and Amon Ra laid a block on a DeAndre Swift run, and he's like, look at number 11 getting out there, taking on a second level defender. And that's what Amon Ra is is he's a football player and so he's gonna be on the field if you can do the little things right we talk about it with running backs a lot you miss a pass blocking assignment like acres you might be pulled off the field and as a wide receiver it's kind of the same thing if you go get a block you're gonna get paid as josh reynolds yeah seriously josh reynolds (laughs) all right well i think that wraps up this wonderful episode in our feelings and emotions of rank draft trade you guys want, do you have any other honorable mentions that we didn't discuss before we say our goodbyes? Trey craps his pants. What? Trey Lance. Oh, what? I was that like, wasn't a good one. <laughs> Boo. I'm like, who put their pants on? Yeah. Yeah, Trey Lance. I, I missed that. It's a monsoon game, man. Yeah, that was awful. Yeah. Hope we don't see Garoppolo, but wouldn't be entirely shocked. So just something to keep your eye on for Dynasty. Go go buy uh, Trey yeah. Lance at a discount if that happens or something. Yeah, like let's, let's see how many monsoon games they get in San Francisco. We'll see how that right. goes. <laughs> right. But there's yeah. a hurricane today and every Sunday. <laughs> Nick, any honorable mentions? Any last minute thoughts? Feeling. I'm sure Will Disley and Colby Parkinson are happy for the emergence of Noah Phantom. <laughs> oh my gosh, did you like that? That was mine. <laughs> That's quoting I Noble. You're trying for a pun to close this out. <laughs> oh no. It's way too late for me to do a pun. Say quan me my legally. That one's not good. Saquon's taking a giant leap. Yeah. <laughs> Say King Barkley. Yeah, all, the, all the teams I have Saquon on are so bad they probably lost. <laughs> Danny Dollars. <laughs> oh, Danny Dollars. Yeah. All right, you guys. That That's an overreaction. <laughs> <laughs> Danny Silver Dimes? Maybe. <laughs> 
The Mercury Dimes. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we have given our emotions. We've gotten into our emotions and feelings enough for the night. We need to go recover from that. And this week, looking forward to week two, obviously Thursday coming up here very quick. So as always, we thank you for listening to the Rank Draft Trade podcast, and we certainly hope we made all of your fantasy dreams come true. Chisco, we did not forget about you, and I already mentioned Miles Gaskin. You got everybody. I got everybody. Go out and buy, sell, trade. Yell mama. <laughs> <laughs> 21. Again. All right, peace. Good night.